Hello and welcome to another episode of the Crazy Waffle Podcast. Today I'm chatting with Scotty Russell, the founder of the Perspective Collective Podcast. But before we get into the show, let's talk about our friends over at Design Cuts. Design Cuts is bringing you all of the latest graphic design resources. They offer mock-ups, templates, fonts, add-ons, plugins. They've even now got a new Procreate section, where fellow uh, guest of the podcast, Ian Barnard, has been helping them out. He's created a grid for Procreate, which lets you structure your letters. So head down to the link in the description of this podcast to get all of your graphic design resources and take your work to the next level. So today on the podcast, I'm chatting with Scotty Russell. We talk about work ethic, we talk about comparing yourself to others, we talk about content and audiences, we talk about anxiety, self-awareness and showing up. We also talk about podcasting. Scotty gives some fantastic advice throughout this episode and we find out what his best purchase under $100 is. I really hope you enjoy my chat with Scotty. Let's get into it. So we're all recording and we're all good. But yeah, yeah, I'm hoping to, yeah, obviously coming to uh, Creative South next year, but also, uh, but also crop, yeah, exciting, awesome. exciting stuff. Yeah, both of them are, I mean, have you been to Creative South before then? Yeah, I went last year, uh, yeah, I went last year, got the did, shirt. Did, did we get a chance to meet? You were there last year? No, I didn't, I, I don't think we did. Yeah, no. I've been there the last four years, so I won't be able to go this year, but yeah, I'll have to take this year off, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Was that just, just cost too much? Just from a cost standpoint, day job of having yeah. to take too much time off and yeah, it, crop is easier because it's less days that yeah, I have to be gone sense. from work. And plus, I get to be home sooner over the weekends to be home with family since my wife won't be going. But yeah, last year, I took my wife to um, Creative South. So that was a lot of fun. Nice. But yeah, that last year, I mean, this last time. So yeah, yeah. Creative South is really what kind of gave me my start in the creative industry. So I, I, caught a, I caught a big break speaking there a couple of years ago through Mike Jones and Diane giving me a shot. And yeah. They're yeah. both amazing people. Honestly, they, those guys are, are the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mike's, Mike's a guy who helped me out yesterday, uh, last year to get to Creative South. He yeah, really helped me out with tickets and plane tickets. Um, and, and just, yeah, and Diane obviously gives, gives so much back to the community. It's incredible. Um, I feel like we're kind of all in the same circle, but you and me are maybe just like a separated circle from each other from overlapping, it seems like. Right. How do you mean? I mean we didn't really know each other until recently. Like how did, how did you find me? And I, I've, I guess I've seen your work pop up. I think you interviewed maybe like Bob Ewing. I, I was kind of checking your site and yeah. you know, kind of have like the same circle of people. It's just you and me haven't connected yet. Yeah. I mean, this is it, I suppose. I mean, it's like the Venn diagram, isn't it? It's eventually. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess he, I think it was from just from the podcast. I mean, I know being in the podcast game, I'm trying to try to grow this stuff. And then seeing your stuff is, is very inspiring and just seeing amazing, amazing guests and listening to these cool chats. I guess it's just, it's growing from there. Um, and, and how many episodes you're in? You're almost at a hundred, right? If not a hundred now. This would be over a hundred. So when this comes out, it'll be 110 ish. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're in. We're in. Um, I mean, you're a, you're a cool guy. That's what I want to start off with. There's so much stuff going on. We talked a little bit about it just before. Like so much, so much going on with your day job and, and your, the podcast, the vesturing, the, the pizza stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> the yeah, pizza stuff, yeah. Just, just everywhere. So who are you? What do you do? Um, what's a little bit about your background? What were you like as a kid? And that sort of stuff. All right. So quick little elevator pitch. So my name is Scotty Russell. I create, teach, and speak under the name Perspective Collective. I've been doing this um, four and a half years. By the time this comes out, it'll almost be five years and it all just started as a side project. I was drawing a lot, 
on Instagram, kind of slowly rekindling my love for drawing. I fell in love with digital stuff for a while and I almost gave up art completely just because of some really dark and down times when I graduated college. Uh, no one wanted to hire me, no jobs. I couldn't get hired anywhere. Portfolio sucked. Um, I was coaching football, trying to do a, be a personal trainer, was working at a restaurant, slanging tenderloins and food. And I did it all, trying to do like tattoos and uh, freelance t-shirt designs. I did everything and it just felt like nothing was clicking. And then I, I started, I had a t-shirt company and all of it just kind of went away and I just fell in love with drawing, started creating under the name Perspective Collective because Scotty Russell designs kind of sounded lame to me and I didn't want people to know who I was in case they didn't like my work. They didn't know who I was. I could hide behind this abstract curtain and, you know, I got a feature by Good Type one day. Now Good Type, I don't know if you know uh, Brooke from Good Type, but that really gave me the confidence. Like, wow, you know, I'm actually, you know, maybe I am supposed to be an artist. And then I caught a break and caught my first graphic design job. And from there, I'm like, okay, I got to stop, stop worrying about what everybody else is doing and then just take control and go all out, put in the effort. Cause I didn't put in the effort in the past and I didn't get the results. So mm. I went all out on my dream and went all out in the, the day job. And you know, things have kind of really taken off over the last five years and figuring stuff out along the way, lots of failing and lots of pizza and a lot of having fun. I don't know if that helps. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm a, that if, wasn't an elevator pitch by any means. It started <laughs> off as an elevator pitch, but then the story got wrapped in. If we could go a bit into detail about sort of the failures and stuff, if you don't mind, as, as a young designer, as you're getting into the industry, um, coming out straight out of college, I think it's a, bit, a lot of things, things like that, a lot of people struggle with, a lot of students struggle with getting work straight out of college. How did you keep yourself motivated to keep doing it for three years when you didn't have anything coming in? Honestly, so one, effort is everything. If you don't invest the time, then you can't have the results. If you just kind of want something, then you're just going to kind of see results. And I, I saw no results and I, I wanted to blame the world and play the victim until I started seeing like, Hey, if I put in some effort and work, things happen. So what kept me creatively working when I got out is I started a t-shirt company with a buddy called daydream and clothing. We did it for four years. We grinded that thing out for four years. Then it all kind of fell apart when we actually had investors set up, but you know, that I thought that was the dream and I thought I was a failure because it failed, but it really, everything I learned from pursuing that and the people skills and putting out content consistently and promotion, it all really helped me set up for a perspective collective. But at the same time, I, I was doing freelance t-shirt designs for a company. I was doing logos at $50 a pop. I would draw tattoos for people, 50, a hundred dollars a pop. And, you know, it really showed me like what I really enjoyed doing, what I really hated doing. There's no such thing as a a shitty client unless you take that on you know it all everything is accountability at all it, it relies on you so i learned a lot about what worked what didn't work what i liked what i didn't like what i want to do more of what scares me what can i go attack that scares me like blogging and speaking and teaching workshops like all that's scary to me podcasting mm -hmm. was scary and all those things that scared me are is, is what's propelled me into the next chapter next stage the next skill set yeah yeah there's something about trying everything i mean i talked to jason craig about it, our friend jason craig about um yeah. our podcast about uh just trying everything and, and then you have to do everything to get experience and as a young designer you, you have to go and do these uh, typesetting brochures and 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 just like boring layouts and stuff you don't enjoy to get to where you want to be to do the good stuff or, or even if it's taking a second job like i'm doing at the moment you have to you have to put yourself somewhere maybe you don't want to be to get to somewhere that you want to be like the sunshine of, of uh, Georgia and in, uh, in April. But, um, but yeah, so, so what sort of stuff did you 
did you take on for, like for fifty dollars though? For like, what do you oh. think about now? Um, is it a good idea it, to do that? Is it a good idea to try it? I think so. Here's what I would recommend the most: if you don't have a concrete vision of what sets your soul on fire, where you know is your sweet spot, the secret sauce of your greatest strength. What is it that you're just so good at that, you know, it just comes so easy to you mesh that with what you're most passionate about, what sets your soul on fire. And then if you're able to find a market for it, like that's the sweet spot. That's what we're all striving to find. And I think I'm just now starting to find it at the age of 30, but leading up to that, man, I, I had to do a lot of things to figure out what, you know, I, I loved. And if you're still figuring out, get your feet wet, do everything. If you can, like I did everything all that once. And it taught me a lot of, about myself and it taught me a lot about clients it taught me a lot about like i do logos at the day job there's no way in hell i want to go outside the day job and do logos now i want to i don't want to do branding outside the day i don't want to do any more web design because i do run a day job there's don't be too proud to have a day job not everybody's cut out for full-time freelance and both sides have their perk but right now this is what works for me because of student loan debt but experiment get your feet wet before you find out what you really want to do and then dive in full first or all your body, just dive in and live in that for a season. Maybe it's two years, you know, go all in this direction. And if it doesn't pan out, I guarantee you're learning something that's going to help you springboard to the next step. And that's what it's been for me. It took me to the age of 26 to really find my roots in drawing and then got into blogging and that opened the doors for public speaking because of Diane Gibbs. And that got me to creative South. And then that led to me teaching workshops and that it all led to the podcast. So I could have never saw any of this if I just, didn't get uncomfortable and try things. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I never saw myself doing like I never saw myself doing any of this. Yeah, yeah. Again, comes back to just throwing yourself out there and putting yourself into a um, a place, a world you don't want to be in, or you're scared to try. I think that's the key to all of it. I think the biggest thing is just getting uncomfortable because I live in a tiny state, a little tiny town, and I was just so blinded by this bubble and I just saw the world of Instagram. And it wasn't until I went to create a self for the first time because my buddies Ian Barnard and Bob Ewing were like teaching a workshop. And and I really liked uh, Sean McCabe at the time because he was big into lettering. And it wasn't until I pitched my work, I'm like, I'm just going to do something that scares me flying alone to a conference where I don't know anybody. And that changed my life. You know, that opened me to this whole different world that I was just living so small. I lived in this bubble of, in, of my own constraints and these own walls of limitations that I put on myself. Yeah, absolutely. And then the thing is we're living in, in that bubble is, uh, look, I heard you talk about it on another podcast, the, uh, is it black with no, no, uh, black with no cream. Yeah. My cream, buddy. Cream, yep. We don't, we don't put cream. I mean, we don't put cream in our coffee, but, uh, milk. So it's like... <laughs> milk. Yeah. I'm a black coffee guy anyway. So. Yeah, so it says. Yeah, I was always like, "Why? Why do they put cream in their in their coffees? It's just strange." Uh, uh, Americans, man, that. we're we're so <laughs> weird over here. No, nah, no. Nah. Um, but yeah, on that podcast, you you're talking about uh, comparing yourself to other people, and and that's something that again, a lot of young people, and I've done um, a lot over the last couple of months, and and try lots to try and sort of fade it away, fade fade it out, um, and get away from that. But uh, even the other day, I caught myself. Do you know the future? Uh, yeah, Chris Doe. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is crazy, but I caught myself yesterday, uh, like looking at Chris Doe in the future and th- and all the stuff that you do on YouTube and thinking, why the hell am I not there? And why am I not doing that stuff? And, and I'm like, fuck's sake, this is, they're like, they're full of agency. They're like 10, they're 10 people, they're millions of dollars. They're doing it, like big high productions with Seth Godin. And it's, 
you can't be comparing yourself to other people like that. That's that's just mental, especially age of twenty, one person living in their in their parents' living room. Um, so, but yeah. So, what's what's been a story where you've compared yourself to other people, and how did you get away from it? I wouldn't say I'm away from it, right? At all. That's everybody deals with the uh, comparison, yeah. comparison trap, imposter syndrome. Whether you admit it or not, in my whole life has been a comparison because where I've come from and what I grew up as was pretty much a kid who got picked on, bullied beat up and every sport I played in we would just get demolished so I always just grew up a loser always comparing myself to other people and I heard this quote it was from John Acuff um big time influencer writer speaker and he said a quote you can't compare your beginning to someone else's middle and that always lives in my mind so something like Andy J Miller's creative pep talk like this dude's been doing this forever he deserves what he has right I can't compare Mm -hmm. myself to him because I'm only you know, two and a half years into this and someone who's just starting out can't compare themselves to you when they got episode five in the queue and you got 110, Mm. you know, it's just not fair to put yourself in that position. And I'm learning everybody's, we're all in this race or it's a marathon. It's not a race. It's not a sprint, but we're all moving towards a different target, a different destination at our own different pace with our own skill sets, with our own different voice, our own different, unique, weird, freaky flavors. And you got to more tap into what resonates with you the most. How, how are you different? What can you bring to the table? Maybe you're both talking about encouraging creatives, but what makes you different? What, what makes you unique? And that's what I'm really trying to look inside more and figure out who is Scotty Russell? What do I stand for? What do I believe in? What's the unique value I have to offer? Why should people care? You know, what do I want people to feel? How do I want people to leave off as a better person once they've had an interaction with me? You know, that, that's, that's all the stuff I'm thinking now. And what, what's my angle? So we get that story behind as well as like telling that exactly. story. Yep. And story and, and, and sharing your story is what's going to help set you and be unique instead of projecting this filtered version of, of yourself that you want people to believe, just be your true self and you're going to get the right like-minded people to attract to your brand. So again, maybe your message is the same as someone else, but just who you are, your identity and what you unique bring to the table and your personality is what's going to make it different, different voice, different approach, different experiences people are going to have from it. So with the podcast, have you done that for the podcast as well? Have you thought about what makes your podcast different from other design podcasts and just other podcasts in general? Within the last three months, I've been really diving deep into, you know, what's that, what's that number one thing that I provide? What's different for me? Cause there's a lot of us that encourage creatives, but I'm realizing what people resonate with me the most is, my transparency, vulnerability, and the fact that I put in the work outside a day job. Mm. So, you know, I have onboarding questions on my, my newsletter and in my private Facebook group is what's your biggest struggle with when it comes to pursuing creativity. And like, I would say 70, 80% of the time, it's how do you find time, money, and motivation to pursue, you know, your creative grind outside a day job. And that's something I can really speak to. So I'm really targeting those people who have a day job that are trying to build something for themselves, whether it's an audience, a profitable side hustle, or just so they can get to the next step or getting them into the door of freelancing. And, you know, I can bring on guests that really speak more to that to do full-time freelance. Yeah. So that's, that's my goal. I know the listener, I have that, that one perfect avatar, that listener, that follower, and I put a name on them, that perfect profile. And I know their psychographics, their demographic, and everything I'm putting out is directed towards that one person. And funny enough, the more I keep going for depth, with this targeted individual, the more width keeps trickling out. So the more I keep trying to go deeper with this set group of people and continues to resonate with people who aren't in that target audience, instead of trying to cast a wide net and hit everyone, I'm focusing it in 
and just speaking to one person to their pain points and using their own language and speaking from my experiences, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing there? You, you DMing people, you messaging people, actually obviously the, the newsletter stuff and how you get uh, contacting the people. So basically anytime anybody ever contacts me and shares what they're struggling with, uh, uh, I've gone all the way back to like 2016, 2015 when I started this and I've compiled every answer into a massive spreadsheet. And now I'm looking for buckets of, you know, pain points and strengths of where I know I can provide focus, targeted value and any conversation that I have through DM. Like I'm very engaged with people. If you take the time to engage with me on social media, I'm going to take time to engage with you. Emails is my hardest. I admit I suck at email, but I'm really good with, you know, especially Instagram DM is where I do this the most. Yeah. And, you know, I engage and I really get to know who these people are, who this audience person is and how do they fit into what I want to provide value. And if they're, if it's not something I can provide, I'm going to recommend another podcast to them to put them on the right track instead of trying to force something of mine to resonate with them when it's not going to. Nice. You're a Gary Vee fan, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I've taken a lot of inspiration from him and a lot of, lot of his stuff as well. I've like taken it on board and, and, and tried to put it into into my podcast and like that like you say just just giving them leaving them with the best perspective of you leaving them mm -hmm. with the best vision of you um even if they're not listening to your stuff i think that's um yeah that's, that's awesome what sort of what sort of stuff are you doing with the podcast that people don't know about now on the back end there's any because there's obviously knowing sort of what from a podcast perspective what um i keep using that word perspective now because <laughs> i'm interviewing you but uh, knowing doing a podcast there's lots of stuff people don't know about what stuff are you doing behind the scenes and um, that, that helps podcasts to grow? As, as you know, people don't have a clue how much time actually goes into this. And mm. it wasn't until, you know, I got, I hired help this last year with an editor and a show notes editor, which is Paige Garland. Now she's the assistant and Anya's the editor. It wasn't until like I brought them aboard that I was like, holy shit, like this takes a lot of work. This is basically another uh, pretty much almost a full-time job on the side of it. And I put a lot of time into episode artwork. So with the kid in my life and a day job and this and that, like my, my true time to create each week is with the episode artwork. And I don't think people know how much time, like I put probably easily six to eight hours each week in just podcast artwork, just to get myself out there. It's a, it's an experimental playground for me. Try new things. Maybe this week's is analog. Maybe I'm drawing on a coffee cup this week, or maybe I'm busting out procreate with some retro supply stuff. So, you know, getting that text or shout out to them, but that, I think that's the biggest thing is not knowing how much time actually goes into this or the artwork. So some weeks I'll post something and it gets crickets, but it's because I'm trying something new and I'm okay with that. I want to experiment and keep pushing, you know, what I don't want to be known for one defined style. I want to be known for someone who's not afraid to experiment and yeah, show yeah, up yeah. weekly. And, and, and that's what I do with the podcast. I'm always experimenting mm -hmm. too and tweaking different things, tweaking my messaging and, it's just a lot of time. I don't think people realize that goes into, especially from the social media and promotion, yeah. editing, optimizing images, getting things on your host, on your website, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, the the, um, the weekly artwork is crazy for you because they is hand drawn and it's it's made like made made eight hours. That's crazy. I only spent a couple of minutes, like the same template on Photoshop. Do you think that's the reason why you've grown so much? Because because it's customized and people are more likely to share it. Or is that just, is that just what you do? And it's, it's, it's really awesome to see it. I couldn't tell you. I try to, if it's a guest, that's the hardest part is creating artwork that reflects your guests. It's trying to keep their essence, but still trying to like 
do your own thing. But if it's a solo show, that's where I try to like double up and think like this could be just a normal dope drawing that exists on its own on Pinterest, on Instagram with no messaging, you know, how would this be perceived? And at the same time, if there's a message behind it, that leads to the podcast. So for me, like my episode artwork is like the honey, you know, I'm trying to attract people visually because I know my, my audience is creatives with day jobs. And if they see something that's like visually nice and then they start reading the caption. So I'm gonna put that honey out there. Nice visual. I'm gonna lead in with the caption, speak to a pain point, get them to hopefully read a little bit more because it relates to them. And that's when they realize, Oh shit, this is a podcast. Okay. Real simple messaging link in bio. So I, I think the custom artwork does help from a standpoint if you want to attract people, but also having a template gives you a certain brand aesthetic. If someone lands on your site, you know, you have this kind of templated look mm. and you know, it's an element of curation. It's what do you want people to feel or what do you want people to think? And I think this is what's worked for me since I started blogging in the past. And, you know, I, and I have a hard time from a time standpoint, what you're doing would make so much more sense than the torture I put myself through. It's really hard for me. to. It's really hard for me to work ahead when I don't have that template. So there's pros and cons. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've also felt like I don't sort of have to edit the podcast anymore. I mean, I know that might sound a bit sort of up my own ass, but um, like I just, I just want the conversation to, I mean, I might find that I, I go back in a month or two and I realize that I want to edit out the pauses, not I want to edit out all the awkward silences, but I quite like the conversation at the moment and how it's just, how it's just flowing and just putting that out there um, yeah. rather than, and also it's at a point because well, when I started off, I'd always make mistakes and always sort of stutter and, and say, say the wrong question first. Or, I mean, first of all, it's just a list of questions. I wouldn't even reply to them. I'd just, just let the guest answer and then go on to the next question. So it's really poor at the start, but that's why I'm trying to have these guests back on to reward them. <laughs> like I like say, I'm sorry. It was really bad, but I bring them back on. Um, but yeah, uh, I've lost my train of thought now. I should let this bit yeah. out. Uh, I know someone like Diane Gibbs and like Jason Frost, home creative South podcast and design recharge. They don't edit theirs at all. Yeah. You know, it, it's a, it's a certain thing you do or don't want. And plus like I try to weave in some kind of music cause I have a super talented musician yeah. artist friend who I like to try and help put him on. Or, you know, if you have like some kind of sponsor or some kind of announcement, I try to put those breaks in there, but I also like the conversational side. So, you know, it all mm. kind of depends on that your own personal vibe. And then just sticking with it. Yeah, I guess it's, I guess for me it's always wanted to be a sort of like a radio show. I've always when I was younger, actually for a couple of years probably, I wanted to be like a, a radio DJ. Um, and I always wondered what it'd be like. I don't know why, but I always remember donuts like being one of the main drawers to that job. I don't know, I don't know if I've ever heard on the radio once. Donuts. It's like yeah, it's weird. Just like just like a DJ, like a radio DJ. Eating donuts late night. I don't know why that was a draw for me. <laughs> I don't know why that was a weird, weird perception I had of that job. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think I wanted to be like that, where I got an intro and outro, um, but in the middle it's just conversation. Uh, but yeah, honestly, it's whatever works for you, your vibe, yeah. and your your schedule. You don't have to do any. Find what it's like anything in your creative pursuits. Find what works for you. Yeah, yeah, it's true. With the so much time spent into it, uh, going into it. How are you dealing with that the day job as well? Um, having a kid in the mix yeah. <laughs> makes things, everything is an extension of my decisions of being a parent first and then it's the day job. So um, what I'm going to say isn't like what a lot of people should do. Uh, you're, you're sacrificing something somewhere. And so right now it's been my sleep. 
you know, my, my sleep has been the biggest sacrifice. So I try to go to bed nine to 10, but usually my little Scotty wakes up at least once or twice in the night. So me and my wife, you know, will switch off. Try, I try to help her out as much as possible because being a mom, shout out to the moms. That's an insane amount of work. That's a crazy job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to, I want to be there to help and take the pressure off. But honestly, I, I don't get much sleep. I wake up around four, four thirty AM. I put in the hours that I need to do to take care of at least the biggest thing each day, the one main thing that needs done to get me to my dream. And then I go to work at like 7 a.m. and I'll grind on my lunch breaks or do podcasts like this on my lunch breaks and try and do something on my 10 minute breaks. But in the mornings is where I have the, I'm, I'm formerly a night owl converted to a morning person. So you totally can don't use that bullshit excuse of saying you're just a <laughs> night owl because I truly believe in the morning, you, you don't have the, the world distracting you out the, throughout the day. The first thing you wake up and you just know what you're going to do, you go and crush it and you just feel on top of the world. Like I, I went and did like three massive things before my day truly even started at the day job, mm. you know, and those things, I, I think the clearest in the morning once I start waking up and. I always you know, find that funny though, when, when people say that, that no distractions in the morning, I mean, you can always turn your phone off. Like yeah. <laughs> there's, always, there's always times where you get, don't have to be distracted. Yeah, I, I literally, when I have a do not disturb mode on my phone set from 9 p.m. or 8 p.m. to like 7 a.m., nice. you know, nobody can mess with me during my time. This is my zone. This is my zen. This is my quiet time. Shut the door, keep the cats out, and I grind. <laughs> and that's where I, I make the biggest places in the morning. And, and doing that each little day, like one big thing a day, you look back in a month and you're like, holy shit, I did a lot. Even mm-hmm. if it's 15 minutes a day, even if it's just on your lunch break, 15 minutes a day, it's find those little open gaps that, you can accomplish something that's going to help propel you towards that direction, that vision, that goal you have. So, so with, what was it? Five hours sleeps, four hours sleep. Um, on a good night, I would take five on a great night it would be six. Yeah. How are you running? Are you running coffee or <laughs> like what, yeah, what's coffee, like- coffee is that. And then I, I try to make shine for, for the gym and everything too. I believe in personal care, uh, personal care, but I feel like this is just the sacrifice in the end. So I've said, I've also had to say no to a lot of other things. So, you know, I'm only taking for freelance on at the moment. It's just a mural. If it's mural based that my wife gives me the green light to take on, then, you know, I'm only taking murals on. Otherwise it's just all on the podcast right now outside the day job and making sure I'm, I'm, I'm clocked in my dream in the morning. Then I go clock in at work and then I clock in as a dad and a husband when I get home. How much does the podcast helps you to grow as a person though? Yeah, everything. Uh, I don't know. That's not a true answer. Um, It's massively helped me. Just the the process of getting your thoughts out there, whether you write them or put them in bullet points and then just speaking them really helps you work through a lot of things. Like I've, I've worked it. I've worked through a lot of demons by putting out content and just opening up. Like I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about what makes me tick. Um, my, my weaknesses would be something like patience, um, and comparison and talking about that really opens it up and helps me put myself in check, helps me suppress that fourth grader that was picked on and bullied that still lives within me. That likes to resurface sometimes that inner critic, you know, I learned a lot about myself and I've learned a lot about how to be more clear and concise, which also helps me when I get into public speaking. So it helps me build a routine. It helps me build relationships with people that I formerly thought were just my idols that I never come in contact with. It helps me build an audience. It helps me become a better listener. It helps me provide better value. It helps me make a bigger impact on people. You know, there's so much value that this podcast has provided me that 
I want to use it as a, a vessel to provide some value to other people. You know, if you can, if you can get past all the times I fucked up and failed because I've talked about it openly on this show, then like that's, that's a win. If I, I got you over this hurdle or I help you, you know, kind of tap into what your creative potential is, or I helped you make a connection with someone else clear across the world because you started posting on Instagram more regularly. You know, that's, that's the cool things that I like to hear. Yeah. Is there, is there anything on the podcast that you would uh, give advice to, to stay away from? So like for, for new podcast, well, for me, for example, was there anything that you, you've done that you say, don't do that? First off, what's in it for the other person? You know, are you just showing up to put noise out there? Are you just showing up to talk about what you want to talk about? Because you're going to have a really hard time making your, your voice and your work land on someone else. Next, approach it like you're talking to one person. Even if you're writing or, or blogging, if you're doing a vlog, if you're doing a podcast, some type of content creation that's geared towards an audience, always think of one person in mind like you're crafting an email to them. Instead of being like, hey, what's up, guys? How's everyone doing today? Be like, hey, how are you? Welcome to the Perspective Podcast. I hope you're having a killer day. So it immediately feels like you're talking to one person at a time. And then you'll start getting – and speak to people in their language. If you know what people are struggling about, like specifically – I struggle with time, money, and motivation outside of a day job. Those are the exact same language I'm going to address in an episode, acting like I'm talking to one person. Like I'm talking to you right now. I'm going to speak just to you. I'm not going to be like, hey, guys, hope all of you guys are having a great day. I speak to one person. And, and that, I think, is like one of the biggest keys for producing content and audience building is always speak to one person because then you're going to get some kind of response like, it felt like you were speaking directly to me. And I'm like, perfect. Yeah, perfect. yeah. And I guess that's the same for social media, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it grows engagement. That's, that's, that's what's, I guess, it's, it's personal. it makes so much sense, doesn't it? So because it's personal it, and it, it feels it's, like the person's personal level. That's exactly what it is. It feels more personalized, like this content or this artistic piece, this visual piece, this design was created for me. And that's how I think you build that connection with people, especially if you just open up. Like I know a lot of extrovert introverts have a hard time with this. I'm very extroverted, but at the same time, I grew up um, really stuffing all my feelings and emotions down on me. And that's why I dealt with panic attacks. That's why I dealt with anxiety and depression. And it wasn't until I started facing those and talking about those and speaking about my experiences with these things, like I'm talking to one person that it really made people resonate and connect with my my content I put out. When when was that sort of when did that happen? Like the anxiety and depression stuff? Oh man, when didn't it? So always growing up, the, the getting the picked on, the tormented, being bullied, always wanted to be popular. I, I live by the motto, you can't make everyone happy, you are not pizza, because I tried to be pizza my whole life. Like I wanted everybody to like me and accept me and love my work. And it's taken me to like the age of twenty seven through now to like really understand no not everybody needs to like you you know it's probably better if they don't and when I realize I'm dealing with anxiety or you know having that burden of overwhelm that's because I'm doing too much and I'm too worried about what other people think instead of just embracing my own groove you know embracing what makes me unique this is I'm at yeah. my own pace right now I'm at my own timing I don't need to be you know at this point where Draplin is, you know, that's going to stress me out, give me anxiety or, or, you know, overwhelming myself for no reason or who else am I trying to be right now instead of myself. So I feel like I'm living a double life when I start feeling like I'm having anxiety. I'm not, I'm trying to be someone else that I'm not, I'm trying to seek other people's approval. And then the depressed part is, I think that just comes in waves and funks for me. 
and typically relies on when I'm not taking care of myself physically or mentally, sometimes getting enough sleep, like that can put me in a weird rut. Or again, when I, I feel like I need every, I, I need the love and affirmation and validation from other people. And if I'm not getting it, then, you know, sometimes I used to slide into funks there. If my work wasn't popping off when I thought this was going to be something dope that people wanted to see, I tied all my self-worth into, you know, other people's approval. And yeah. the more I get away from that, the more I'm more happy and I'm more confident in what I put out. You know, right now I really feel confident in my messaging and the next hundred episodes, you know, I feel very, very confident about this message I'm putting into the world and who I am as a person, my identity as Scotty and Perspective Collective. And that, and that takes a lot of time of showing up consistently and listening to yourself, getting feedback and meditation and taking care of yourself. I think it's all just wrapped up into one. The more you focus on yourself and making yourself happy, the more value you have to offer other people. When was the first time you, like, you caught it? When was the first time you, you realized, oh shit, this is, uh, this is something that I need to change and, and then you started changing it? Let's see, I had my first panic attack, I would say about four years ago. And yeah. it, it, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I thought I was having a heart attack. Had my wife rush me to the ER. Wow. took medication like Xanax and stuff for a couple of years, just trying to deal with it. And I, I hate medication now. I don't like big pharma. If you absolutely need medication, that's fine. But you know, I think there's a lot of internal things you can fix first or a lot of things in your diet or even gluten and sugar really fuck with people. And you know, a lot well, of things that's, that sorry to cut you off. That's a really important thing. Like uh, something I believe in a lot, even, even with things like depression. And I think people should look into themselves a bit more actually because it, Doctors, especially in the UK, are so easy, so quick to give out tablets. Yep. And yeah, they could they could do something short term, but then people have to keep taking those tablets to think that, that something's happening. But then, then overall, nothing happens long term, and it just gets. Yeah, you're, you're not you're not fixing this. Like, you're not finding the root source of your problem and yeah. attacking that. You're just putting on a band aid in a form of medication that'll give you side effects, and then those side effects will require another band aid of another medication. So. Like my, my wife is big into holistic essential oils, all that. And it's really helped me. So being open-minded and uh, being in the moment and clearing your mind and like med meditation has been something I've really tried to pursue lately. Cause I can't shut my mind off at night, which in turn doesn't help me sleep. And that helps me calm my mind. It helps me think. So things like that are, are ways I'm really trying to help combat this too. And by not doing too much and by become by, by loving who I, I am and being comfortable with who I am and myself and not worrying about what people are going to say about me. Cause I've had, I've had plenty of haters. I've had people that I've looked up to that I idolized, like kind of say some really mean things or just throw me to the curb. Really? I'm like, okay, yeah, it oh, sucks. Shit. Not anything I want to talk about, but yeah, yeah. more, it's just, I'm realizing we're all on different frequencies. And if yeah. you're on the same frequency as me, we can vibe. And if you're not, that's your fault. That's your loss because I can provide some value and that's okay. I, I realize I don't want to be like those people. So it really helps me figure out who I do want to be even more. So every little adversity or setback is mm. there's something in it, you know, something in it that can, I can take from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Everything that I guess it's like a little learning curve. Every time you have that, you always keep learning about yourself. Yeah. It's good. Self-awareness is, um, again, something that Gary B talks about a lot. But I, I feel like that I could have just said that, and that would have made me not talk so much for the last 10 minutes. I could have just said self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> emotional intelligence, emotional e e uh, EQ, or any of that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. 
it's important it's important to have that that um that knowledge of yourself i think it get you also that point where you have to fix your you fix yourself before you start fixing other people if you don't know about yourself oh totally everything starts within you know motivation your drive to be better and the more you focus on yourself especially your health you know you're gonna have more energy to go attack your creative grind so but if you're someone like me who's going on a little bit of sleep you're eventually gonna like wear yourself down so I, I know this isn't a permanent phase. It's just a season for me right now. Yeah. You know, I, one thing I want to talk about with you, because I can see you're quite, you know, you're into your gym, you're into your fitness. And uh, a lot of designers aren't into that sort of stuff. And it's important. It's important to get to the gym and get, get fit because it's, I can't, we can't stress enough how, how important it is for mentally uh, just to clear your mind. You're not thinking about design. You're not thinking about your clients whilst you're yeah. lifting weights or, or on the bike or whatever you're doing. It's, and people just don't seem to get it in the design world. And then they end up with hunchbacks and, and claws. <laughs> claws and then they need the medication and the pills and everything. And then you're yeah. eventually spending way more money for your health in the long run. So for me, it's a sanctuary thing. Like I need the gym. I need those endorphins to make me feel good. So I'm not turning back into that fat, chunky kid who had a very sad life growing up. So I like, I don't want to go that. I realize I need to be in here. It's my it's my feel good medicine. You know, it's my place to vent and throw weights around. And now my wife and I are doing courses together so we can both, you know, we can both compete against ourselves to become better versions of ourselves moving forward. Like I just turned 30. I'm not trying to be a turd. Like I'm trying to hit my prime in my thirties to forties. I want to be in amazing shape, looking, looking fit as hell on stage when I speak you know, and hopefully inspiring other people, like get themselves in the gym and then creativity and your best work will follow from there, you know, where your energy flows or where your focus goes, your energy flows. And I believe, yeah, the more we focus on ourselves and take care of ourselves, it's just going to spill over into all of our work and how we relate and make relationships with other people, how we interact. 100%. Yeah. How, how, how big is that accountability of your wife being uh, to, to see, obviously, not just the gym side of it, but your kids and, and seeing everything? Um, grow and and I, I think it's important because I'm always trying to make sure I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to my wife especially in the past I've been very once you have a kid you realize how selfish you've been with your time and that's been like the biggest awakening is like damn dude you've been so selfish just saying yes to any opportunity that pops in your way not thinking about how it affects your wife your family or your friends it's just tunnel vision on my dream and I realized that especially in 2018 and especially now that little Scotty's born, I'm just like, okay, every decision I make now affects my family. So I want to make the right decisions and I want to make sure, you know, my wife and I are just tight as hell so we can have an amazing relationship. So our son can, you know, see that, you know, he can grow up seeing like, okay, be super nice to your wife. Don't hit women. I don't know why people are doing that shit. That's stupid. Um, yeah. But I want to embody an awesome relationship and, you know, show people that, you can still have your dream. You still can have an awesome marriage. You can still hustle a day job if you need to. You can still have a kid. You can still do all these things and still have an amazing, incredible, creative, fulfilling life. And, mm. I, and I see other people doing it. And so if they can do it, then I can do it too. Yeah, 100%. Um, let's go back to the podcast quickly. I want to talk a bit about Give It Selfish myself, really. Um, we'll talk a bit about sort of monetizing the podcast and, and how you've managed to do that. Um, what sort of stuff have you done to to get there because I'm, I'm at the stage where i want to start doing that but uh, i'm not sure what who i should go to or what how, how to how to do it 
um, I think you're far enough that you actually can think about it. But if it's someone just starting off right away, like I didn't really start thinking about monetizing the podcast until, you know, 2018, once I've been a year and a half into it. But yeah. I, I start off not thinking about money. But if I was to think about it, um, products, affiliates, sponsors, those are like kind of the top three. There's more into that. There's more outside of that. But for me, it started off with, actually like a Patreon account. And I, I haven't been the best at keeping up with that. That's just one of the things I haven't had time allocated for, but you know, it's almost like a tip jar. You can release episodes early just for, you know, this specific audience of people who back your show and then it goes out public for other people, or maybe you provide some bonus features or teasers. So you could do it, you know, a Patreon way and provide, that's what I started off with. And that helped me um, get my monthly revenue that would cover my costs for both the people I hire and my hosting, all those, all the costs that go into it. And then, um, affiliations. So, you know, I work with retro supply and I, I treat them as a sponsor at times too, but I only want to, I don't want to provide, I only want to plug some type of sponsor that's taking up my listeners time. If it's something that can absolutely provide them value, yeah, like yeah. retro supply makes the best products in my opinion for designers help speed up your workflow. And use promo code Scotty20 at their site to get 20% off anything you want. But, <laughs> but providing value, bringing on something like I, I a lot of these podcasts for entrepreneurs and then they bring on like this mattress sponsor. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. That's not providing value. Yeah. You know, what's going to provide value to my people if I'm taking precious time away from content to, you know, expose them to something. So, you know, affiliates and any couple of other sponsors. So I've had one with uh, industry print shop here in Austin, Texas. They'll be at crop. They're sponsoring yeah. it. You're, you're going to love them or like crop conferences now sponsoring mine. Uh, definitely check that out. I have a link for you, but you know, all of these little things, plus you build relationships, you get to provide value to your audience and you get to monetize. So, or products. So I, I teamed up with industry print shop and we put out prospective podcast merch okay. or mugs. So, you know, product sales, mm. so things like that. Those, those would be the things I would say like Patreon, um, which be like crowdsourcing support, affiliate links, uh, podcast sponsorships. And cool. I feel like I'm missing one right now, but that's, that's where I would be. Nice where, where do you, yeah. It's something like maybe Patreon would be a good start for you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I just need to find out. I, I know personally, I need to find out a lot more about my audience. I need to find out who, who's listening to it. So I got my engagement is, is rubbish on YouTube, especially. Uh, and, and yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not even on YouTube. I totally just live in an audio world. So what, what's the, and, and that stresses me out too, especially for the comparison factor. I'm like, man, I should be on YouTube, but at the same time, how can you repurpose what you currently have and maybe just live on Instagram stories or IGTV or where is your audience listening the most mm. and just dominate in that category and slowly maybe take on somewhere else. I don't yeah. even live on audience and or on YouTube and Maybe I should, but at the moment, I don't have the capacity, so I'm just going to be the best at these areas right now. Absolutely. I guess I guess the thing with that is I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket, so I, I do do audio and video. I don't want to – because if YouTube does fuck up and go away, like like it has done a couple oh, of times this sure. year already, like it has been <laughs> – it's gone. That's, that's why your website's the best, and that's why people are hopefully subscribing and everything lives on your website first. You know, if – so are you, are we on video then right now? You do video this oh, too? Yeah, I should have told you that. Oh, yeah. man. Okay, I, I cleaned up my office a little bit. I had a bureau this week, and so my office was looking rough, but this isn't horrible compared to this morning. 
Yeah, sorry okay. about it. I should have told you. I don't know why. No, you're good. You have a video factor. That's totally yes. Then YouTube. Yes, you need to be on YouTube, but promotion, promoting is everything. I I, I probably create eighty percent and probably twenty percent promote. When mm. vice versa, Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income is like, yeah. okay, you need to spend eighty percent promoting and twenty percent, you know, of um twenty percent of creating. So I'm like totally flip flop. Right, right. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at the start of the point. I'm at the um, starting point of getting these affiliate links and stuff sorted out. Um, and I will say, if, if you do want to help the podcast grow, uh, you can also get some retro supply stuff over at Design Cuts. Uh, if you oh, look, yeah. If you use the link in the uh, description of this video or, or podcast or whatever, yeah, help me out uh, and get some awesome Design Cut stuff, uh, resources and mock-ups and uh, retro supply stuff. Yeah, anything. anything Solid anything. plug. You can even treat that as a sponsor. <laughs> Or, you know, use it as a sponsor. This, this yeah, I've been yeah. brought to us by our friends at Design Cuts. Yeah, stuff like that, I guess. I guess it keeps keep that going. I guess it's finding similar stuff I, I already use, like uh, like Creative Life, Chase Jarvis's Creative yep, Life. Yep, yep, I, I learned all my podcasting stuff or a lot of the podcasting stuff from there. Is that Lewis Howes one? Did you see did you see that? Oh, yeah. I actually went to Lewis Howes' Summit of Greatness back in October. Oh, yeah. Absolutely incredible. Crazy story about that one is him and I connected on instagram messenger like dms and created a piece for him and he hooked me up with the ticket there so wow that's awesome it is pretty insane episode 101 born <laughs> for greatness check that one out if you want to hear the story nice nice um yeah i, I guess i guess it's just so what, what what um is your message to everyone what you keep talking about this message you're promoting on your podcast what is it i believe in one don't worry about being pizza. Stop trying to create for the masses and feel like you have to please everyone. And, you know, don't let people's affirmations and validation be your oxygen to feel your self-worth. Two, show up consistently. You got to want it. If you just kind of want it, you're just going to kind of see results. So showing up consistently, like this has been a slow and steady grind and build over four to five years. This None of this happens overnight. Mm. I remember putting out podcast episodes with only 50 downloads. Like I, I know what that feels like. I know what 10 followers feels like, but I've been doing this every day, showing up a little bit at a time each day. And then being just a kind human, don't be an asshole. I know it seems like sometimes assholes get ahead, but I think in the long run, if you really want an engaged, loyal fan base or a thousand true fans, it really falls down to, you know, engaging and showing people you care and always think about, am I putting this out? What's, what's in it for someone else? unless you're just someone who's just trying to attract freelance this and that. And you know, you want the glory of your work. But for me, I want to establish a connection and leave something behind. So in my mind, am I making noise when I hit post? You know, what, what, what's the thought process? What do I want someone to take from this and what do I want people to act on? Mm. So I'm really trying to be strategic when I put something out into this world, you know, yeah. what's it for, who's it for, what values in it for them and what do I want them to do? How do I want them to take action? Nice. I like that. Uh, I think the thing I've taken away from you the most is, is being a part of that community and, and starting to message people and, and comment on people's posts and actually being a, being a member of this community, this design design podcast community, but also design video community, the, the people that are on YouTube, the, the people that are just on Instagram and, and just, just being a part of everyone's world. That way people will find you and like, like eventually not, not because I mean, you mentioned it on the last podcast I listened um, and you said about not not asking people to come and see your stuff, but uh, just just messaging them and like being honest about what they're working, saying it's cool, and actually and engaging, like honest yeah. interacting. Yeah, 
relationships are everything. It's not about who you know. It's not about what you know. It's totally about who you know. Yeah, people yeah. will link you up and give you opportunities. But if people aren't engaging on your work, go engage on other people's work. You know, go show other people you're interested. Go comment, go DM people. If they don't respond, that's fine. At least you're putting in the effort. And a lot of those times people are going to come back to you. So, you know, you got to put in the effort to get the results. Give a little, take a little, and it all comes back to you. That's, that's so true. Yeah, I love that. Uh, okay, the last couple of questions I ask everyone. Um, well, part of, I've edited, I've added one more in. What's your favorite pizza? Oh, man, I'm a, I'm a simple dude. I like uh, pepperoni pizza. You can't go wrong with that. That's if, if we ever have a slice of pizza, just give me a pepperoni. You can yeah. never go wrong. Otherwise, my absolute favorite, favorite would be Buffalo chicken, uh, buffalo chicken pizza from Casey's General Store, aka oh, it's, just gas, it's it's gas station pizza, but but they're called Casey's General Store and their tagline is famous for pizza, so nice. it, it's it's bomb. And I have one not even a block away from my house, so yeah, that's why I've put on like thirty five pounds over the last five years because of Casey's pizza. So nice, nice. Um, what what do you think about ham and pineapple? That's not for me, but. If it's for you, that's you. You know, don't let anybody tell you that you're dumb for having pineapple on your pizza. I like my pineapple fresh and cut on its own. Is that the most you, do, you do you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna judge you. <laughs> it's like the most ridiculous argument ever. Yeah, I, I I could care less. I just care about what I like. Yeah, nice. Um, what's your best purchase under a hundred dollars? Oh, uh, the Apple pencil was ninety. The, the Apple pencil was ninety nine. Um. <sighs> That's been mentioned a couple of times. Yeah, it's a good purchase. The Apple Pencil and maybe just a good sketchbook. Or actually, um, a book by Doyle Young, all on lettering. If you're big into lettering, you know, his books are pricey, but I got one of these that's just rocked my world and I got it used online for just under 100. And that could pretty much teach you everything you need to know about hand lettering or the anatomy of a letter typographic structure. So say a book. Sweet. By Doyle Young. Cool. Finally, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as someone who showed up for other people. I want to be known as, you know, I left something behind that made an impact on someone to hopefully pass that impact along to other people. That that's how I want to be remembered for sure. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Where can people find you and listen to your podcast and plug everything? All right. If you want to, if you want to vibe out and connect with me first, listen to the, uh, the podcast over at perspectivepodcast.com or perspective podcast on Instagram. And if you want to just, check in on my work or connect or shoot me a DM perspective-collective.com or perspective collective on Instagram. You know, just type that in and it'll pick me up. Cause I got it weird with just vowels or kill the vowels on it. P R S P C T V underscore C L L C T V, but type in perspective collective. It'll, it'll show up. How many times have you had to, had to type that in to remember it? <laughs> uh, I got it. I made myself a jingle like in the first month of starting podcasting. So that's burned in my head now. It's easy. Just a jingle. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. It's been great. No problem. Let's get a quick little photo. Then I got to yeah, yeah. dip. Three, two, one. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Keep showing up. Keep putting in the work. You got this. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for, for following it all the way through. And uh, I've got some updates on Creative Waffle Live that will be uh, changing. There's a few changes that are going to be made. Um, 
more details to follow soon. I need to actually plan some a few things before I announce them. Uh, but yeah, also you can get a crazy waffle pin badge that is down in the description. Get one of those in the shop. How about the podcast? That'd be amazing. Share it around on social media or leave a review on iTunes. Both of those really, really help. And have a great day. Thank you very much. I'll see you in the next episode.